It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellie. Coming up on episode number 65 of the Night Talker. We are scrapping our usual plans because it's an hour-long conversation with a couple of special guests. That's... You'll just have to wait to find out who it is that is in here with me tonight. I am your host, Trey Elling. You can follow me on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. Need to be a little bit forthright as we head into this Friday night episode. This is actually the second time I'm recording a show with the two people that you're about to hear from. We did it last week with a plan to air it on Friday, but I screwed up and the recording wasn't good enough. And But they're nice enough to come back over this week to do it once again. And I'm not going to introduce them just yet. I'm going to let them introduce themselves first, starting with you, good sir. Hi, I'm Tom McKay. Just a dad, a husband, and a happy camper. Hi, I'm Camilla McKay. A swag, girly bro. You know, one of the dudes. A swag, girly bro. Kind of like that, actually. I wanted to talk with uh, each of you about yourselves and about your relationship as well, because uh, for those who are not familiar with who Tom McKay is, he is the owner and operator of Audiovisual Consultations. Uh, Just a great dude, an opinionated dude, a fiery dude, and uh, one of the more interesting people that I get a chance to speak with on a regular basis. And his daughter's a rock star also. You just finished your freshman year at Emerson in yes. Boston. Am I remembering yes. that correctly? And what is uh, what is your major there right now? Uh, my major is philosophy right now. Um, I'm doing interdisciplinary studies. So I get to kind of merge philosophy with writing. Um, and then I have a dance minor. Dance minor? How do you feel about that, Papa? Because she went in with a completely different major. Theater performance. I'm great with it. Because she's still going to perform anytime she wants, and she hopefully will still be trying Broadway after school. So go have some fun with school. I don't care what she takes at school. As long as she can still make it to the Bruins and the Red Sox games, poof, who cares what she's doing in Boston? Yeah, because you go visit her on the regular, and you guys, y'all have checked out a lot of sporting events in Beantown. A lot of opening nights of movies. They got a great theater right, at, right next to her school. Emerson's in downtown? Yeah, it's right by Downtown Crossing, right across the street from... The Commons. Um. Have you seen the new Martin Luther King statue, by the way, that they revealed in Boston? That's right across the street from her dorm, and it is hilarious. Is that the one that looks nothing like <laughs> two people embracing? It's like a quarter of yes, two people embracing. It, it, looks like a, it looks like a person's hand holding up a poop. Yeah, something along those lines. It's horrible from all views. I've walked around the Commons so many times just to find like a good angle. <laughs> And I've never found one. The last time I was there, we actually found an angle. If you're standing on the sidewalk about a half a block away to the left, you can actually see the elbows and kind of gather what it is. But that's honestly the only angle. But if you don't know what the actual picture that they're basing it off of looks like, you are never going to figure it out. Yeah, I think that's an example of art trying a little bit too hard. Yeah, I always imagine like whoever had the idea first to do that and then how many people they had to show and then so how many people were like this is a great idea like let's put money into this because why you know what i mean like it just wasn't a great really large a great representation well it's interesting to learn also that you've walked around trying to find so many times and you haven't been able to do so so that's not a matter of like the the media manipulating this thing it's just an ugly statue it's actually horrible there's so many people buy it all the time 
and either they're not like paying attention to it like they're talking to each other or they're just taking pictures and like kind of giggling so other than going to sporting events and uh checking out the martin luther king holding (laughs) poop in his hand statue what are some other things that you like about boston obviously y'all spend a ton of time together just kicking around the city what are some other things you discovered the italian the north side probably better than any little italy i've been to it's 60 70 italian restaurants in and they're all just lined up one after the other. It's the only kind of restaurant there is. Yeah, it's called the North End. And it just, it's so homey. Like, it's so crowded. Mm-hmm. And the streets are very cobblestone, very not updated in recent times. And it's just, it feels like a little Italian home. And they got legal pot stores there. So it's a very neighborhood-oriented city then. Oh, a lot it's like it's a very metropolitan, mm-hmm. safe city. And people walk. are far more friendly than I would have ever guessed they would be, knowing how you know, the image that they give with Southies and stuff. Cause we're, you're not around Southie. So I don't know if it's as bad and all the, you mean the mass holes yeah. and, all, and, <laughs> and all the mobs are gone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's like weenies can kind of run the streets without having to worry about anything. So I don't know. And I guess I'm calling myself one too at that point, but I'd, I'd kind of like to you know, hang out with some of the mobsters once in a while or something. That'd be kind of cool. What's the toughest thing you've ever done? Toughest thing I've ever done? Yeah. No, dude. We don't. We don't know you go there. <laughs> wow. Do you think your dad has killed a man before? No. No, I have not killed a man yet. Okay. All right. I think he's killed an above average number of bugs for the like typical man, though. Oh, so he's a hero? <laughs> Facts, bro. Been in a lot of fights. <laughs> you don't want to take I, it that way. That's true. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I actually think a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. I, I used to be a total drunk back in the 80s. I mean, a long time ago. Luckily, I sobered up a long time ago, too. But no, so I got in, I, I got the Napoleon complex when you're drunk. I mean, you're five foot two and a bodybuilder, which I was back then. Yeah, I fought as many people as you could possibly fight at a time. Wait, were you juicing in the mid to late no, 1980s? Never, never juiced, ever. Okay. Never, never once. I actually did it straight up. A lot, lot of calories and a lot He's of all natural, out. guys. Tom McKay. All natural. All natural. 100% <laughs> organic. I had broken arms. I mean, many played like baseball bats breaking your arms and stuff. Because I'd just pick fights with anybody anywhere. I was left on porches to be, you know, people would just drop me off at a porch because I'd be so broken up that they wouldn't even take me to the hospital. Look, you had to defend yourself. If people were making fun oh, of your I started height, them all. Oh, okay. No, I was. Well, never I was, mind. I was trying to give him an out. Don't but give me an out. No, I was, I was awful, and I don't mind him. I'm still. When was the last time you got into a physical fight? Physical fight? Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago. He almost did last year with a taxi driver in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, both were outside of the taxi on the street. No, this guy just he. I should have, and I I actually wimped out from punching the guy in the face, and I really wish I would have. He asked, he Gah. the closest I've been into a fight as a thirty year old, like the five closest experiences that I've been to a fight since I've turned thirty, and I'm forty five now. So in the last fifteen years, have all been taxi cab drivers, yes. usually in big cities, because they're either trying to jerk you around because they think you're a tourist, or they're trying to take you for a ride, or they're just being complete a holes about things. And they ha- people like that have to be called out for it. You are in the customer service business. Just do your damn job, job, and drive me from point A to point B. I'll tip you. I'll give friendly conversation, or I'll be completely quiet if that's what you want but you do not need to be such an a-hole to me yeah no the problem the probably the biggest problem i had was gotten a lot 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 of fights a lot of broken bones a lot of everything else back in the back in the really old days 
And somewhere along the line, I'm pretty sure it was a big compound where my compound fracture of the leg, my foot kind of turned around backwards. Mm-hmm. So it just twisted everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, how old were you? That one I was, uh, that would be seventh grade. Um, and I had a broken arm at the time already from football, and I was playing soccer, and that's when that one happened. But then that one wasn't a fight. But it was funny is the, I guess that's, we're pretty sure that's when it happened. My brain just turned off pain. And so people, I, I don't, all the rest of them, like even the broken arms and stuff, people hit you. It doesn't matter because I don't feel it. It just feels like an impact but doesn't have any pain involved. So to this day, it's just, okay, fine. I mean, I got dude hit me in the face a couple years ago just punched me right in the face and i was kind of i looked at him and I said, well why would you do that now i've now i've got to hurt you why did he punch you in the face well because i said any monkey could do what he was doing and stuff yeah he just i, I don't mind pissing people i mean they're not gonna hurt me and i mean i was a wrestler and then i played you know i played hooker and rugby i'm sorry i'm gonna get you on the ground i'm gonna hurt you i'm not even trying i'm not gonna punch you first you got to do it first you're gonna use those hooker skills to get him on the ground that sounded really good um, yeah. No, I'm going to use the wrestling <laughs> skills. I was actually a wrestler through all when I lived in Chicago. I want to talk about your superhero power that is not feeling pain. That's also a little bit to your detriment at times coming up here oh, shortly. Little. So yeah. we were up on a uh, commercial break, though. So we will be back. I am spending the hour with uh, my friends, Tom and Camilla McKay. Tom McKay owns, operates audiovisual consultations. They're the best in the business. You hear them all over uh, ESPN 1027 here in Austin. Go to AV Consultation. 255-8678 to get hooked up with that dream home theater setup. Coming up, more with Camilla and Tom. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back with Tom McKay and Camilla McKay. Tom McKay is the owner and operator of Audiovisual Consultations. Camilla is his daughter. She's a rock star, has been a world-class performer, world-class city-class performer here in Austin all the way up to this point. Has she gone national? Okay. We're, we're going to talk about this right now, but I realize as I'm giving the introduction, I don't know what the hell that I need to say here. I just know that she's a badass in theater. Uh, my kids and I went and saw the production of uh, The Wizard of Oz at the Georgetown Palace, Georgetown Theater. I forget what it's yeah, called. Georgetown Palace, Georgetown Palace Theater. Uh, Camilla played Dorothy and just freaking killed it. Not going to say anything about any uh, anything else going on that day, but the star of the show that day, not only in name, but also in terms of performance, was Camilla. So uh, just how uh, just how far has your, your acting and your theater and performing prowess taken you outside of the Austin area? Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I got I applied for 23 colleges when I was starting my journey and I got accepted for theater into 19 of them. So none of them were Texas in Texas. So I knew that wherever I was going, I was going to be in that state's version of the theater industry. So real quick, was that because you didn't apply in Texas? Yeah, I didn't apply to any schools in Texas. I actually asked her, why are you not applying to anywhere in Texas? And she said, because you're in Texas. Yeah, I refuse to stay at home because I think that... Good for you. Yeah, well, I also understand like the privilege that I had going in having a college fund and like some people don't have that. So I was like, 
I'm going to go somewhere else because I can, you know, and why not learn other things and find another like place to explore? I'm so happy to hear that there are still kids who understand the importance of going far away from home to continue your education, because that's a scary step for a lot of people. Oh, it was horrifying. And it wasn't easy either. Like it's still happening, you know, because as when you're alone, you realize a lot about yourself and like the habits that you have and the things that you do and you're like wow like I also found a new appreciation for the people that are always in my life too though from being separated and having no remnants of home that it's important for that reason too absolutely yeah it's crazy you learn a lot so I'm happy I went but I went to Boston yeah I think her and mom have actually gotten closer since she left oh absolutely my mom is so silly I really worry about uh, the relationship in my house between my daughter and wife, like as she gets closer to that point where she's graduating, because womanhood is happening in in every direction. And that's that can be a lot of hormones. And that's, you know, some people may take that in a misogynist way, but like it's it's just an understanding of things. It's like you you're ready for your kids to be out of the house at a certain point also. And the kids are ready to go somewhere else, too, to try and figure things out on their own based on the skill set that you've helped provide them, you know? Yeah. yeah and we, we, we both grew up, you know, the, we, we've got our, we've got daughters and you and I both grew up having to go through all these same things. So, I mean, she'll attest to the fact that a lot of people don't like it necessarily. Uh, some of the things I tell her or say to her in public yeah. and other places, but she'll attest that one of the first things I gave her is dating advice is if it's going to rain, wear a raincoat. And long before she was doing anything that would require a raincoat, because just, I mean, you're going to do it. I know that. I don't need to know when. I don't need to know who with necessarily. But please, just do it smart. Yeah, but you also have to be okay knowing that mistakes are going to be made along the way, right? I also think she makes pretty good choices. I have met some of her boyfriends over the years and stuff. and Other than one, I'd say they were all pretty darn cool. Which one, Camilla? If you know who you are, hit me up and I'll tell you if it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how I feel about him. Let's put it that way. We don't need to say his name. He lives here in Austin. That's fair. What's your, uh, other than hockey, what's your favorite sport to watch? Baseball. Baseball. MLB. Big Astros fan. Big Red Sox fan over there. Big uh, Astros fan over here. So do you root for the Red Sox now? No, I root no. for the Astros. Just the Astros. Uh, well, no, I mean, it depends on what game I'm watching. If the Astros aren't playing, I can root for somebody else. I'll, I'll always pick a team to root for if I'm watching a game. And I'll go to other games. Like when we go out to L.A. here in August, plan on just going to Dodgers games. I don't care who they're playing. I think they're going to be playing the Marlins when we're there. So I'll go to that. Y'all going to L.A.? My wife has family there, so we're going to go out and see her family for a couple of days and we'll just make sure it's when they have home games. Boy, if people could have oh, seen excited. him grit his teeth as he was having to uh, say that's the reason why he was going out to L.A. No, L.A., I'm, you know, I'm sure L.A. is a fun time. It's L.A. is the absolute epitome of a, a enema leftover. <laughs> L.A., when the people say that there's the, you know, the, the Andreas fault and things, I just... Just take it away. Wash us clean of that entire state. Dad, you would have been so proud. I was wearing this sweatshirt the other day, and it said Los Angeles on it just because sweatshirts say stupid things sometimes. And... This one of the kids in my camp there, I teach like nine to 12 year olds. One of them was like, Los Angeles. Have you been to Los Angeles? And I was like, yeah, it's gross. And they go, why is it gross? And I said, 
well, once I saw a lady pee on the side of the street. And they went, that's disgusting. I'm never going. And I said, I did my job. I did exactly beautiful way to uh, properly inform folks on what's going on. San Francisco. Like I used to love that city. I may never go to San Francisco again. Really? I know a guy from San Francisco. So San Francisco, uh, I mean, San Francisco has always had its problems. It's always the early eighties. It was still pretty cool by the nineties. It was getting bad. Two thousands. It's just, it goes in waves and in late two thousands and early 2010s, it was a decent city. Not to say that they didn't have their problems, but it went downhill. So, quickly to the point that you walk around that place you don't feel safe sadly you're seeing you're seeing elements of almost like a third world country at times and it's really block to block too where it's like almost a, almost like out of a cartoon or something where you cross a sunny street and all of a sudden mm-hmm. everything gets dark and there's one guy passed out or dead over there and somebody else passed out or dead that you're passing by on the left hand side and somebody in a, a doorstep and it looks like they're about to throw something at you it is jarring just how messed up San Francisco has gotten so I guess the new LA or San Francisco debate has, yeah. has become which one is worse now my vote san francisco i guess because of the human feces map san francisco is probably more dangerous because i think one can be grosser and one could be more dangerous just depends if you're in skid row in los angeles then yeah. that's well that's your that's fault true. Yeah, uh, yeah don't go to skid row first I mean, why would you go to that's like let's go to harlem if we're in new york no you stay in manhattan you don't cross the to the other side of the park just yeah. don't do it. You know that. The enjoyable time that I've had in Los Angeles is staying on the fringes, like being out at the beach the whole time. But that's changed a lot, too, because there's tent cities just going up and up and down the uh, the road that is the, the coastal road there. And then, um, yeah, so L.A. is probably not a place that I plan on spending yeah. a whole lot of no, money. We go, go out to, to see forward. her family. We don't. It's all they, they live right by Dodgers. You can actually see Dodgers Stadium from their back patio. So it's kind of cool. We'll go. And if the Astros are there playing the Angels, we'll go all the way over to Anaheim. It's mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, just got to rent a car so you can like jump curbs and stuff and not worry about the damage because you sign the insurance waiver. Mm-hmm. And other than that, though, it's, good life hack there. Yeah, I'll always sign the insurance waiver and four wheel. Oh. Always okay. go everywhere as fast as you can and don't even shift if you don't want to. <laughs> just keep it in first gear the entire it's, time. It's an insurance waiver for a reason. Tips with Tom. Yeah. Tips with Tom. I mean, you order a you know you order a, a sports car and they give you a, a six cylinder Mustang. Yeah, it's going down, boy. Speaking of six cylinder Mustangs, <laughs> I have this new theory. Okay. So I was driving down the road the other day to my best friend's house, and obviously my best friend is my number one priority in the entire world. Shout out to you, Bella. I love you. Anyways, um, there is this Tesla in front of me, and they were going like fifteen under the speed limit. There was nobody in front of us. It was it was like 4 p.m. Sun was out, shining. It was beautiful weather. No, sun's out, no sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out. Exactly. Vroom, vroom. And they were just going so slow. And I was like, I'm trying to get to see my best friend here. And so I texted her and I said, I think there should be like some sort of regulation that if a car costs this much money, you should have to pass. Or is it like a certain type of car, like a sports car or has this amount of um efficiency or whatever um you should have to pass a test that allows you to drive that car you know that proves that you have the skill and like the street smarts if you will to function that car because that's ridiculous you don't deserve that tesla i deserve that tesla in that moment cars used to be thousand pound killing machines now they're ten thousand pound killing machines electric vehicles for the positives that they provide there's potential issues for our infrastructure down the road because they are legitimately four or five times heavier than normal cars. 
And yeah, but but to your point, that is uh, that's something that performs much better than like a Toyota Camry. Yeah, exactly. So just because you have the money to uh, to operate the uh, the machine gun now, you're going to upgrade from the pop gun to the machine gun. Yeah, there there needs to be some sort of certification process. Like I feel like we right? got to learn how to drive the Camry before we learn how to drive the Tesla. They're two very different beasts, especially when you're adding technology into driving because now it's an it's a whole digital experience driving which is crazy nobody uses cars the way they're supposed to be used anyhow anybody anywhere i'm i'm if if i'm passing everybody on the road and my vehicle is limited at 134 miles an hour well that means everybody else is, is i mean if you drive any german car it's limited at 155 you should be passing me if you're not going to the limit of the vehicle, you're not using the vehicle properly. To be fair, you drive faster than just about anybody else on the planet. You have somehow shaved the Dallas drive down to below two hours. Oh, well, well below two hours, please. <laughs> you're two right, hours. well below. Thank you for the correction. Dallas schmalls. I mean, two hours is like <laughs> 70 miles an hour. Yeah, well, uh, 75 some places now, isn't it? Or 80? No, I'm saying, I mean, if you're not, I mean, it's only 190 miles. Oh, I see. I mean, if you're I going see. 95 miles an hour, you're there in two hours. I mean, if you're not seeing triple digits for at least two thirds of any trip you take, you're not really having any fun. So this is coming from Georgetown, so that is a little bit closer. But even coming from Cedar Park, I feel good if I make two and a half hours. Ugh. Well, your buddy, B- oh, by the way, are we replacing BK tonight? Yeah, we are. BK, sorry, buddy, but I got to say I love you. The um... Hold on real quick. Let's talk about uh, BK and driving to Dallas a little bit more on the other side. We're up on a commercial break here. He is Tom McKay. She is Camilla McKay. They're my guest on this Friday night here on The Night Talker. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Normally, at this time on this night, it is a Trey and BK Friday on the Night Talker, but that's not happening this week or next week. Brad Kellner has earned a much-needed vacation. In his place are a couple of people that I am extremely fond of. Just who they are as people, but I also like the conversation as well. It is Tom McKay, owner and operator of Audiovisual Consultations, and Camilla McKay, his wonderful daughter who just finished her freshman year at Emerson in Boston. She is an awesome performer right now, majoring in philosophy. Good for you for majoring in something that requires you to really think about things. Minoring in dance. You still have performer aspirations, I assume, right? If oh, you're... absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to also focus on academics because I just really like stimulating my brain in that way, I guess. I think it would be really cool to do further education while also trying to perform. I don't know. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, Tom, you are filling in for Brad Kellen tonight, somebody you're very fond Brad of, but apparently you don't Kellen. even you don't even let him drive to Dallas. Actually, Brad was going to drive back after game six, but I was so angry after that loss that he got, he got, well, I started walking to the driver's side door of the car and my wife, I think my wife was probably going to sit in the back seat at that point. And I just looked at him and I said, dude, you can get in the back. We're, we're good. I'm getting home in an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, jeez. And we met hour and 34, timed it, hauled buns. I had to stop once. It probably would have made an hour and 30, but both BK and the, the lovely bride had to uh, stop for a potty break 
And does that annoy you when that happens? Because that really annoys oh, me. Oh, it annoys the daylights out of me because I can hold it. I'm sorry. I mean, it, there's there's something about now with women. I don't know because I don't know what a woman's bladder is like or anything else. But a dude who has to go pee, I'm just like, you know, I, get out. Just go on the side of the road or something. Just pee out the window. I don't. I can't slow down right now. I'm setting a record. Yeah, I have unfortunately had to get Gatorade bottles for my drunken friends who are getting wasted all the way to New Orleans from Mardi Gras back in my 20s. We went for six or seven straight years. It was very wild. But I was always the driver from point A to point B. Even when we were here in Austin. Now, if we're all going out and just you know tying one on, then we take cabs and there's also some DWIs in there as well if I'm being perfectly honest but to New Orleans I was the sober guy and it would get to a point where they're asking to stop every hour and a half two hours and finally I'm like you guys get the 64 ounce Gatorade bottles and learn to go in those things because from here to New Orleans we're not stopping again mofos and they did and they tried to dump it out in a drunken stupor and poured urine all over my car so I had to learn a lesson also but the moral of the story is they we didn't take any more pee breaks after that Tom that's all that's it that's all you're not supposed to take pee breaks I don't I mean if a dude can't hold it for three hours I you're you're not a dude at that point got a weak bladder Got a, well, yeah, you got a weak every. You're, you're just a weak constitution. That's it. You're done. See, that's just the difference, though, because I'm not afraid of having a weak bladder. But I'm you're strong a chick, enough. I can you know, handle it. Girls have a different I'll way of they, they can look at it different. If if Cecilia, if my wife, if she says she has to go pee, guess what? We're pulling over. The only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for the gas station that has an exit off and exit on without a stoplight in between them. Because I'm going to make it the quickest pit stop I can. I'm going to pull up into the handicapped spot right in front of the door. I'm going to make sure her door is on the side of the door that she has to go into. Yeah. Oh, there's a right way to do it. I completely (laughs) agree with that. You want this to be as seamless as possible. And by the way, you're not stopping for someplace that's on the other side of the highway. It needs to be on the right side of the highway. I feel like I'm literally a... like in you like a dad's brain right now like hearing how you guys talk about potty breaks i'm like wow they really like actually think about where we're oh, i think about it a lot when i'm driving i have like just no desires i mean i have to drive around all day almost every day put hundreds hundreds of miles minimum every day on on the vehicle and i mean the grand cherokee is not made to go ridiculously fast so the one thing you have to do is you have to learn how to use the sway when you're taking corners fast. You have to you have to learn how to you know turn off the traction control and stuff so you can spin it just right and everything else. But you also have to learn where the shoulders are on the highways and things. Because I'm sorry, there are four lanes on every two lane highway. There's a left shoulder and a right shoulder, and those are made to be used. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. See, this is where you and I depart a little bit oh. because I am not crazy about the person who is deciding to supersede all other traffic by taking the shoulder. Read my shirt that I'm actually wearing today, not for you, and this is why I will use the shoulder. If you listen carefully, you can hear me not caring. (laughs) Hey, that's fine that you don't care. I'm just sharing my opinion on things. You are being a bit of an a-hole if you're using the shoulder to pass traffic. I kind of enjoy the people that are flipping me off as I'm going by them. I I always, or the guy who flashes his bright lights at me after I pass him, and I think, you don't think I saw you? No, I just went by you. 
And if you'd like to go fast, you can follow me. I will be your blocker. Okay, let me give you a word of warning. Never drive in Oregon. Every region has its bad driving habits, right? Austin, unfortunately, is an amalgamation of driving bad driving habits from all over the country because of everybody that moves here. True. But the bad driving habit in Oregon, it's not just that people will regularly drive the speed limit or lower in the left lane. They're legit trying to control traffic at the same time. So if you're coming and the highway's pretty empty, you'll get in the right lane to try and pass them. They will speed up on you and then honk and flash their lights once you pass them before slumping back to their 65 mile per hour speed limit. It was mind boggling to me to watch these. That sounds like fun. No, it's complete morons no, that are... No, they're not doing it fast. They're doing it under the speed limit. Yeah, they're doing it under the <laughs> speed limit. And for, for whatever reason, all of a sudden it turns into a competition when it's, when it's like, hey, jackass, if that's how you're going to drive, that's fine. But let me get around you and don't try to turn it into s- some sort of uh, number one in contest. I get back to, the, I guess, getting back to the whole urination thing. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I, 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 I don't know. I, I enjoy, I used to enjoy driving. I really did when I was growing up because there wasn't so much traffic. I I really enjoyed driving, had a lot of really cool cars, got rid of all the really cool cars when when traffic became as bad as it has. Like what really cool cars? What do you mean? What really cool cars? Uh, I've had everything from 69 XKE Jaguar convertibles, Lotus, Corvettes, Vipers. I loved the Viper back in the day. I've had had almost all of them and no Ferraris, no Lamborghinis, so... I will say that the Italians, other than Maserati, Maserati kind of ruined Italian for me because they're made so poorly that it's just not worth keeping. Maseratis are? Yeah, I think, yeah. Interesting. I'm seeing a lot of Alfa Romeos on the road now. Mm -hmm. the wife drives. Is it a good car? It seems to be good. It's it's interesting. We drove it to Oklahoma. The kid was performing in Oklahoma City uh, one summer doing a show. And so we went up to see it. And I was driving the, which I usually never drive my wife's car. And she never drives mine. That doesn't happen anymore because now she just gets angry. So she usually drives when we go out of town. That's good. And I Progress. just it allows me to keep my head down and, and, and cringe in silence. The um, but it was a it was funny as we were going up. We were in Oklahoma, and all of a sudden the car just quit going. And I, I was doing like 135, 140 miles an hour, and I'm like. What's going on here? It was bogging down. It was still running, but it would like you hit the accelerator and bogged down further. And I said, "This is the weirdest thing." So I pulled over to the shoulder. We got onto this exit ramp. Like the engine blew. It felt like almost. And so I'm, I pull over and I thought, "All these electronic gadgets and the Italians aren't really that smart, so they probably screwed something up." And so I rebooted the car, turned it off, opened the doors, turned out. Uh, you know, got to make sure the key was completely away from the car because you have to get the key fob away from the car for it to do it. And then came back in, restarted the car, closed the doors after, he, and it rebooted the the electronics and it started going again. And it, it worked perfectly all the way until about 27 miles further up when the police officer came up behind me and said that he had been following us for over 15 miles while he was trying to catch up to me. And he goes, what's what's the emergency? And I said, Emer- no, my daughter's performing in Oklahoma City, so we're just trying to get up there. And he goes, when is the show? And I said, tomorrow night. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. See, but the nice thing about cops, and I'm being honest, I don't have a problem with cops because they'll pull me 100. He, I know I was doing at least 120 when I noticed him behind me. And I probably sped up a little to see if he was going to turn his lights on or not because he hadn't turned them on yet. And... And he pulls me over. He gives me a ticket for 85 
in a 70 so that I can still do the defensive driving, which it's always good to have people who can do that for you, by the way. If you don't have somebody, make sure you get someone. Oh, a surrogate defensive driver taker. Oh, it's the most awesome thing in the world. It's just online now, too, so you can pay a kid to do it for you. Uh, Anybody who knows any personal information about you can do it. So you just give them a list of your personal information, and they go to town. And you give them, you know, 30 bucks. It's better than wasting two hours or four hours, depending on how many times I've taken it that year. I feel like it's like four or six hours, isn't it? Well, no, it depends a lot by the judge and everything else, or not the judge, the court that you're at. Because you could take it as many times as you want in the state of Texas. Everybody thinks it's once every year. You can? No, the law states at least once every 12 months. And if people would read the laws, they would actually know that you can take it 12 times in a month, in a year. If you want to, as long as the court lets you do it. And all you have to do is go down and ask. They let you do it every time because all they want is the cash. And I don't mind giving them the cash as long as they're going to let me go 130 miles an hour. (laughs) And and they are. You pay the price. It's a give and take. Yeah. You understand what the the penalty is and you pay it. So They've never once. Everybody goes, you're going to get thrown in jail. Never once. I got pulled over doing... How fast were we going in the Viper? Actually, the kid was with me in the Viper one time. I got pulled over, and I think we were doing 165 or something like that, and got pulled over, and the cop didn't do one thing. Well, what it comes down to is how respectful you're going to be when the cop comes up to your window. Yeah. Cause oh, probably, I treat them all like He's probably cool. going to be a little bit annoyed. So if you're completely respectful and you do whatever oh, yeah. he's asking, it's it's going to diffuse the situation really quickly. And they're just doing their job. I get that. So when they come up, I'm cool to them. And, and it's it's fun when a, when a number of, a lot of them know who I am when they look at my license and they ask me questions and I tell them, yeah. And they, they, when they figure out who I am, sometimes it's, it's funny because I can't believe that anybody would be celebrity for selling tea. TVs, but the um, it's funny they'll actually say like, dude, just slow it down and don't use my name. That's the funniest <laughs> part when they say don't use my name. I'm like, I'm not going to say your name anywhere. Don't worry about it. He is Tom McKay, also with Camilla McKay, father daughter combo. Tom owns audiovisual consultations. He's one of my favorite people here in Austin, and I'm a big fan of his daughters as well. And I'll spend one more segment with them coming up. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Final segment on a Friday edition of the Night Talker. Normally a Trey and BK Friday. He's on vacation the next couple of weeks. So in his place tonight, it is Tom and Camilla McKay. They are a father and daughter, and Tom owns audiovisual consultations. He's one of my favorite people. Give him your home theater business in your home, or maybe you're a business who's looking for that hookup. ABConsultations.com, 255-8678. So one of y'all's favorite things to do together as a father and daughter, you love watching movies, you love just kicking around cities, I'm guessing now, because of all the time you spent in New York and now Boston, anywhere else that y'all have gone. Uh, But you are also big fans of uh, something very simple that I love doing with my kids too, and that's going to Barnes & Noble together in the Scrapped episode that uh, unfortunately was not airable last week. We did talk a little bit about that. Y'all actually went to Barnes & Noble uh, just before coming here tonight. So what were the purchases tonight? And Camilla, we'll start with you. Yeah, so today was a big day for us. Um, We were going for more of a vinyl vinyl, um, adventure today. Um, We were looking for some Lana Del Rey. We ended up getting some Miley Cyrus as well. It was basically my day. Don't worry, guys. It wasn't Tom's choices. Um, <laughs> but Tom enjoys the music, though, right? Oh, he eats it up. He just doesn't want to admit it. He loves it. He'll dance around. 
Who do you like more, Lana Del Rey or Miley Cyrus? In person, Miley Cyrus. Just listening to their music in your car. Probably Lana Del Rey. I like. She's got a real attitude. I'm not going to act like I'm a big fan. I'm more of an old rock guy and stuff. But the ones that she plays that have real attitude, she's got some that are girls that are really, really, really angry, and I, I enjoy those. Lana Del Rey is. I've heard her music before, but I've never really gotten into it. What do you like about her? I just love her whole persona. I love the genre of music, which I would categorize as kind of like a melodic indie in a way. Melodic indie? Yeah. So not dream pop, melodic indie? Definitely more indie than okay. pop in every way. Okay. Um, so her songs that are more poppy are definitely the outlandish songs, the outliers for her. But yeah, just her whole persona. She's been around for so long now and she just keeps creating. And I think I like that she keeps growing into new versions of herself and is unapologetic about it. Like she doesn't try to be the same person she was at the time of her first album release as she is now. Like she's a completely different person and I think people admire her for that. I feel like, boy, I'm gonna get buried for this one perhaps, but I feel like Taylor <laughs> Swift is very similar in that regard. Mm, are you a Swifty? Not really, but I respect the genius of the songwriting. I as well respect the genius of the songwriting. I also respect her outfits on tour right now. I go on Twitter every night and go, ooh, what outfits did Taylor wear on tour today? So are you a fan of her music, though? Um, Not really. Yeah. I'm. It's not that I don't like her music. It's that I don't listen to it. Gotcha. Um, it doesn't come up on my Spotify. Um, I'm a fan of all the old ones. I used to actually have her, what was it called, Speak Now? Yep. That album. Bad Blood? No, no, no. It was even before that. Romeo it was like 15 at the time. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was when she had like her cur- like curly hair era, like her guitar Tim McGraw song or whatever. I think I met her at around that time. She really? came. Yeah, w- I was working for the Zone over at Clear yeah. Channel, and she was she was in that age range where she was starting to blow up, and she's like, yeah. "This she's gonna be huge one day." And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." So when when nah, took a crazy. picture, probably threw the picture in the garbage. Oh, but that would was, be so much money now. Was no, there for support? Really. But I mean, you know, it was, <laughs> who's the girl? She, I think she was giving out autographs too, so it probably would have been something. Yeah. Who's, the, who's the girl who sings the Diet Coke song that I like so much? Leanna Firestone. Leanna Firestone is coming to Austin next month. Um, she is an indie artist as well. Her name is Leanna Firestone. L-E-A-N-N-A Firestone. Good stuff. Um, beautiful stuff. She has beautiful lyricism. She writes about the emotions. You want to talk about having female children listen to that music because she just writes the emotions of what you feel so well. Your when kids you are under 15. They shouldn't be listening to it. Don't let that stop my wife from uh, exposing no, their kids to music. <laughs> this, this is the, this is one of the few people them. that uses more F bombs regularly than I do. And honestly, it's and only it's, one song, one that's every other word. I think they're awesome, but no, it's not for kids. This is the first time Tom McKay has ever given a warning for cursing on anything in his entire life. I believe cursing life. is just a way of expression, his but entire I mean, life. You just, I mean, if you're going to, tell people to let kids listen or girls or whatever you got to tell yeah there's gonna be a whole lot of cussing is she more vulgar than lizzo oh god no no she's not vulgar she's not vulgar she's just expressing herself with the f-bombs like a lot of kids do and a lot of adults do like myself too much my kids have definitely heard the f-bomb a few times actually my daughter the first cuss word she ever said was the f-word and it was in perfect context and i couldn't be upset with her because she wasn't quite three just yet 
let's see, Calvin would have been one. So yeah, she was almost three. We're getting in the car. It was, uh, gosh, we're almost to the anniversary of this, as a matter of fact. We're getting in the car to go to a July 4th celebration down in Dripping Springs. Yeah. And she and I got in the car first and helped her get into her car seat or whatever and got in the driver's seat, turned the car on, put my sunglasses on. She said, Daddy, can I have my sunglasses? And I'm like, oh, sure, Vivi, you can have your sunglasses because we just gotten her these cute like Minnie Mouse sunglasses or something. And I'm like, why do you need your sunglasses right now, beautiful? And she said, because of the effing sun, except she said the actual word. And I said, excuse me, what did you just say? She said, can I have my sunglasses? I said, no, after that. She said, because (laughs) of the effing sun. And I said, you know what, sweetheart? way to use the f word in proper context it's not really offensive it is completely adorable coming out of your mouth and here are your sunglasses so true so true i remember her first one he was in the car also in the she was in the back seat yeah. mom was in the front seat we were going to dallas for thanksgiving and we were on i-35 going to dallas and we hit the traffic right around waco that everybody hits on thanksgiving day uh-huh. and she drove around me for her first six, seven years of her life, pretty much every day she was with me. And so it was hilarious though. She says, oh, great. Now we're never effing going to be there. And I thought, <laughs> uh, and all I could do was think, I looked at, because her and I would communicate with our eyes through the rearview mirror, always, when it, when anybody else in the car, including mom. So, Sessie, if you're listening to this, yes, we always did it. And <laughs> But I look at her and I, all I can do is go, hmm, with the old, I really appreciate that kid. And she looks back at me with like the smile of, ha you're in trouble. And I can feel that I'm in trouble. So I decide I'm not going to say a word. Well, the main thing mm-hmm. was, I don't think, I don't think Ceci said a word for about nine hours that day. Oh boy. Yeah. She it was one silent treatment. She was, it was, that was cause it was all my fault. It was, it was definitely what I say every single time, but it was so great. Cause I was, all I could think is, you said that perfectly. That's exactly what you should have said in that situation. We try to teach our kids that like no word is off limits necessarily, but words do matter. You need to understand the meaning of a word if you're going to use it. And you also need to understand the audience that you're around. Like if yes. you're around here and you're not cussing at your mom or I, you can maybe say words as long as you're not being ugly to one another, just being ugly in general, if you're doing it for humor's sake or just to get some frustration out. But there's certain people that if you say any mild cuss word around, you're going to get in trouble and you're not going to get in trouble with us because you're going to have to deal with the wrath of your grandparents, your teachers, or maybe even your classmates at times, you know? Yes. No, knowing your audience is so important. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a give and take that has to happen in pretty much every social situation that I think isn't really getting taught anymore. Um, Yeah. I mean, like working with nine to twelve year olds, my go-to is poopy pants. Now, whenever I get really frustrated, yeah. I'm a poopy pants girl. Um, but it's fun to to really get to lean on the sophomore humor right now with my eight and six year old too. I mean, it doesn't yeah. take much to get them going. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Yeah, they love poopy pants, so they eat it up. <laughs> so uh, you also got a couple of books to go along with the uh, Lana Del Rey and Miley Cyrus. What books did you get tonight? Um, so book haul. The first book we got today was Jokes to Offend Men by, get ready, Allison Kelly, Kate Herslin, Danielle Crazy, Isabel Yates, those four. Um, it's a bunch of jokes about that are set to quote-unquote offend men, but it's really just like um, exemplifying misogyny in our society through humor. 
I don't know if they're funny, though, is the only well, problem. So we is, is they think The funny thing is, is they think, and she read them, and I said, okay, that's fine. And there was a couple of funny ones that she read to me when she was buying it. But I told her, I said, a real man can't be offended. Well, I here's mean, the so thing. So really, the whole concept of the book is mistaken, but it's fine because some of them are funny. I think it's actually genius because you have to look at this from the POV of, uh, if you hand a book to a guy and, you're, and the cover of it says, men are misogynistic here's why they'd be like Psh, i don't need to read this take it away but if you gave them a book that said jokes to offend men they'd say oh yeah try to offend me because that's what a man does they're competitive so they're like oh yeah i bet you can't offend me watch me try to not be offended what did you do when you started reading this book oh psh, that doesn't offend me a real man want to be offended by that exactly and then we bought it and that's <laughs> on publicity that's how deal. she gets me to buy something huh? boom wow am i wrong though am i wrong no you're right what was the other book uh the other book <laughs> the other book was more for me it's called love theoretically it's the third in this like trilogy series by an author it's just a little rom-com um i prefer reading rom-coms over watching them any day so interesting i never thought about that before yeah i can't watch them i get too bored i like reading them better do you have a favorite rom-com to truly read? there's one to to watch to watch oh absolutely um i really love sleepless in seattle bed of roses i love sleepless in seattle bed of roses i remember that title christian slater that's right oh i love him mm-hmm pump up the he, volume he, this was uh right after pump up the volume i think actually yeah what else was he in? He was in Heather's. No, the never mind. He was oh, in another. He was in Hard Rain. He was in a lot of movies. Yeah. Guess what, guys? What? We just shoot through an hour. Thank you oh, so much. That's, that's all. Omg, Trey. Trey, now you got to tell BK we're coming back next time. He's out. I mean, next week. Not to put any pressure. He is Tom <laughs> McKay. She is Camilla McKay. Everybody <laughs> have a great night. A father-daughter duo. Yes, have a great night. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on. Wednesday at 10. That's because we're off Monday and Tuesday for the July 4th holiday. Have a fantastic Independence Day. I'll talk to you on the other side. Sweet dreams. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellings.